Welcome to a new episode of Curtain Twitchers, the podcast in which we, George and Liv, peek behind the net curtains of showbiz to find out what the hell performers do with their lives in the middle of a pandemic. Today's guest is the queen of highly crafted stage anarchy, a performer whose genre-defying shows have earned her massive acclaim in the UK and around the world. Who is it? Lucy McCormick. We first saw Lucy at a show in Birmingham where she recreated the birth of Jesus Christ from the perspective of Mary and baby Jesus, flanked by two hot angels. And we immediately knew that we were meant to be together, so we ended up living together at the Edinburgh Fringe in 2016, which was actually the year that she made her debut with Triple Threat, which was nominated for a Total Theatre Award and totally sold out its run. Annoyingly for such a successful person, Lucy is also quite nice. Oh, yes. Annoying when people have that thing. That's really a triple threat. That's a double threat. It's a threat, nonetheless. It's a threat. (laughs) We invited her to our studio when that sort of thing was actually allowed for an in-depth analysis of her life choices and to find out exactly what she's been doing every single minute, every single day of lockdown. Curtain Twitchers. We're Curtain Twitchers. Um, hi Lucy. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. <laughs> That's good. good Having a in. great lockdown. Oh yeah. Lockdown two. Yeah, the, the first sequel. one was so good they made a sequel. Yeah. Um, um what's been going on? Oh God, what now I just like say everything that's just, going on. <laughs> if you just sort of start by saying everything that's happened since March. I'll just answer it in like a long paragraph and then we had right, so thank you, yeah, bye. That's yeah. the end of it. Well what we'll try and do is we'll do we'll break it down on a day by day basis. So if you've got yeah. your phone open, we'll just go through your calendar. <laughs> March twenty fourth. <laughs> <laughs> How were you feeling? <laughs> Dear diary. No, um so this is a podcast about performers and um what happens when we can't perform and i think one of the things we miss a lot Mm. about not just performing but it's also just like being at someone else's show and bumping into them into the bar and then getting drunk or having a chat and then you meet that other person just those like unexpected connections you make with other people is as much part of it as the getting on a stage but i text you both Shall we do the podcast drunk? And neither of you replied. So Did you? I have to say, yes. I was very disappointed about that. Oh, shit. <laughs> we should have done the podcast you drunk. You did actually say that, that. yeah. And we didn't reply. I mean, we can hit pause and I can run to Sainsbury's. Yeah, it's still <laughs> an option. It's still available to us. I just kind of thought, lol. And actually, also, that's a great idea. And then it was like, silence. <laughs> um, we're really professional, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was like, shame. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, oh, sorry. here we are. Yeah. Well, so I think that's because you were saying at this point in time you were supposed to be in Glasgow, right? That's originally where you were going to be. Now. Yeah, I was going to Glasgow um, because so I made this music show. Um, I actually made it in 2019, and I got to do it once before the pandemic struck. Um, and it was a big, it's like the biggest show I've made so far. Like lots of visuals and blah blah. blah this tour planned that got cancelled and what I'm doing now is I'm trying to even I've hardly done the show I'm making a kind of a small acoustic version of the of the show that I haven't even done yet um (laughs) because I don't know I just kind of thought when even even when we can start doing stuff again I don't think it's going to be the time to have like this big gig format show where the audience standing up and you know, there's this crap going everywhere. So I'm trying to make a smaller version of this last show. Um, 
Anyway, I'm just the people that I work with live in Glasgow, so I was going to be there doing that. Ah, I, you see, what you weren't due to perform it, or you? Was no, I wasn't due to perform it. Um, but I'm just, I'm mostly doing like studio work and and kind of thinking about the future and working on next shows, which is quite. It's actually great because the worst part of making a show is doing it. Yeah. <laughs> the worst yeah. part of making a show is the deadline. Yes. And so most of my projects at the moment is just sort of fannying around in a room um, and sort of not having any shows to do, actually do. <laughs> This is like the it's dream. Lovely. It's the actual dream. <laughs> yeah, um, and actually no one wants to talk about deadlines at the moment, even if no, you try and push a venue no, to talk about a venue. No, they don't want to. So even if you get a bit of funding or a bit of support from a venue, nobody wants to talk about when you might put it on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm loving that. That's loving really that. so positive. I haven't really <laughs> thought about it. That. I guess I definitely find I find deadlines quite motivating um, because I find that I really will get work done if I have a deadline. And without mm. it, I've, I'm I'm very faffy. And yeah, I find the fear it... of getting on stage with nothing yes. is enough to drive you to do something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that makes me feel physically sick. And right. like I have definitely done that i hate that when you go on stage and you think i'm winging it here i don't know what i'm doing mm. like um uh but are you also because i need deadlines but i also just leave everything to last minute and then yes i like, do it all rushed at the end yeah, oh yeah and everyone does that but yeah. oh yeah always and then we finish the show we do the show and then like a week later we'll be like oh we could have done that and that and that if we just sort of had bumped everything four weeks earlier and done the work earlier we would have made we'd have realized that we could have done those things but i also think you kind of have to do the show mm. to realize all those things that you should have done in the show mm. a bit well yeah which is why you have preview shows which is why you have previews yeah, yeah. i hate like... previews <laughs> but that's good is that because it's part of your process like is a preview when you do a preview is that part of your making would you say yeah, but I don't want it to be. I always think in my head, like, oh, and this has got to be good by the time I show it. But it's just kind of impossible, isn't it? Mm. But I just I just hate doing work that I don't like yet. Or yeah. I know that it's not fixed. But then when it's your own thing, it's so hard to fix it. It's yeah. easier from the outside. So I hate that feeling of like knowing like, oh yeah, and this bit's I really hate this bit. And sort of like, why would you ever perform something you don't like yourself? But it just takes you that bit of time mm. to get there. Or maybe it takes doing it in front of people to properly understand why you don't like it or what's not working about it. Mm. And it's just a humiliating, horrific, humiliating dehumanizing experience <laughs> <laughs> it just it sh i wouldn't put it on my worst enemy it's awful it's awful it's horrible it's embarrassing and it's not good for one's ego because i just like to think about you know the good stuff i do and imagine that's based that's the level that i'm at yeah but it's not we no. have to get to that level yeah have to work through it don't you yes no no one's just brilliant are they some people are but i'm not 
that's that's the kind of artist I am. Not brilliant. <laughs> That'll be the intro. Yeah. We're delighted that's that on today's show we have the not brilliant artist Lucy McCormick. Yes, because that is because people should know that. All those people that think I'm brilliant, they need to know. Yeah, this is I'm about debunking brilliant. the myth of Lucy McCormick. <laughs> they are wrong. This is actually going to be a twelve-part podcast just about unraveling the lie that is your career. Yeah, it's very easy to believe that I'm brilliant, but I'm really not. You do a lot of like. Um, so with Post Popular and uh, Triple Threat, you do a lot of like stuff in clubs and cabarets and things along the way of then having the full hour, don't you? Yeah. Do you think of those as previews or do you think of the preview of Triple Threat as the preview, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think of the preview of Triple Threat, for example, as the preview. So though, like, what I really like doing is like thinking really specifically about what is the context what is the night who's going to be there literally like what's the shape of the room um and thinking as specifically as possible what are they expecting so if it's like a cabaret thing they're probably expecting something a bit more like um joyful and upbeat than say if it's some kind of performance art afternoon in a gallery or something yeah, and yeah. i really love thinking really specifically about these events and then deciding like what i'm going to do so um, I always see them as, I definitely have seen them as like research and I, I, as like, you know, gathering bits of content and material that work and that I like, but I also definitely have seen them as just like little, like little performances in their own right. Um, cause that's just, that's what I, yeah, enjoy it. But like, like when it goes well, I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think like because there's those opportunities of like giggy like cabaret nights just aren't don't exist at the moment because they're nothing's open. Do you, like if you are you making like this show that you're turning into the more acoustic without not having those places to do those little th- mm. slots? Do you think that's changing your process at all or like affecting the work you're making? Yes, I definitely think it's changing, but I also basically sort of wanted to stop working like that anyway. So it's hard to know because mm-hmm. um, that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm doing right now. Even in my in my head, that's not like how I want to work. But also, it was already so with the show Life Live, this gig show that I wrote the music for. It's not the kind of show that you can try out as right. acts. Um, and I've got these essentially, I would say, two new shows that I've kind of been working on, just thinking about that creatively, and I want to make and. Mm, they're not I don't see myself necessarily working like that with those shows either so I feel like um, I definitely will do that stuff again and when there's more opportunity to do it but I don't know I kind of I've just been fancying something a bit different Mm. recently you were kind of doing that yeah that change was kind of happening anyway it just was happening for me because it's a schlep I I don't like the schlep I, I just hate the schlep well the schlep is the worst part isn't it yeah like with your suitcase yeah. and then getting there early yeah. and then waiting around. Have to get ready in a toilet sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, well, you, why you probably you... do higher, nicer gigs than we do. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. You, I think you have much classier gigs than me. But um, no, I mean, the other thing is about those contexts is there's nothing quite like it when, you know, when it's a good night and the, you know, crowd is great and it's kind of the best thing ever but also it's it's just a lot of work and a lot of money 
you know spending a lot of money often on those kind of gigs and not always being able to really to afford to work in that way anymore mm-hmm. so I've been doing those less anyway but I have done I think I've done one literally one gig I think during lockdown have you? Embarrassing. Oh yeah. I did what I went to Bristol and did a short like a 20 minute um thing and it was a sort of cabaret-ish setup and um yeah it was cool but I didn't mention corona in my chit chat and then I thought mm, that's probably a bit that was a bit weird to not mention it but I just thought I can't be bothered because I felt like nobody yeah. wants to talk about it <laughs> so I just skipped over it yeah <laughs> sure it was a nice minute. <laughs> but at one point I dropped an apple and it rolled along the stage towards an audience member and everyone just sort of went <laughs> like that <laughs> That's so funny. Your work like plays with like the threat of the performer (laughs) in the audience anyway, but like suddenly like the the most sort of the nicest things have become quite dangerous. Yeah, just just really nothing. Just like oh, there's an apple rolling towards me. (laughs) Audible intake of breath. What I was thinking when you were saying about not like not doing Um, life live, life live, um, because it's like live, live. That's how you say it. Jack, put the breath in. Is that what the comma is? No, so you don't need the breath, but you do need life. Live! Right, yeah. It's <laughs> a performative title. Yeah. Um, that you made that show in a different way anyway. Mm. Like, that's because we. I felt like that with Insane Animals. It was very much like those songs that we were writing for that couldn't just... We couldn't test them in front of the audience yeah. in the same way. Mm. And that was quite weird at the time. Like when we were made, that made me kind of nervous to begin with. So I was mm. like, oh, normally I'd write a song, and we'd put it in front of an audience yeah. and I'd know when they'd laugh and we'd fix it. And we don't know that until yeah. the preview. But although we had, but what we did have, which was key to our other ones, was just a lot of development time and rehearsals, yeah. which was something we have, that's very new to us. It turns out you don't have to subject an audience to unrehearsed material. <laughs> just rehearse it. And, and you have people like directors who say, guys, that's oh. not really working so well. Do you want to rethink that? Um, so that was a new process for us as well. But like I found, to begin with, I found it quite unnerving because it was just, I was so used to the audience sort of being that per- that mm. voice. And I just wondered if you found that when you were making <laughs> well, Live, Love, Love. Um, <laughs> life, Alive. Um, I did do a couple of work in progresses. Right. I suppose that just is so different from making an act that can kind of stand alone. So it was more like a, um, a theatre-y kind of audience or people that were specifically there to watch a work in progress and know that it wasn't finished. And what I find so like tough about the acts is like, they've got to be fucking good. Mm. Um, even if, you know, just you know, run, rock up um, midnight in the middle of um, Dalston or whatever, but you know, people are having a great time. It's a busy environment. And unless you're right, really, you know, it's really got to, um, just work and kind of pierce the atmosphere or else you probably just have a shit night and feel bad about yourself. Um, so I actually found doing the work in progress is, you know, they're just more forgiving than, mm. than making short acts in a way. Mm. Um, but I, so I did still do, you know, so I did, I had, there was definitely lots of songs and bits of material that had never been seen before the, the first night, the first and only night. Um, <laughs> but I 
there was some stuff I'd tried out. Um, first work in progress was brilliant. I was literally like, this is the best show ever. This is, it. This is easy. So then I did another one and it was absolutely terrible. It didn't work at all. And I was like, oh no, this is going to be terrible. What had you changed? Anything? I'd taken away the sort of naive charm. Right. Because you had the confidence of the first I had too much confidence. (laughs) (laughs) I sort of tried too hard with the second one. Right. Um, It's hard to try not too hard when you're trying really hard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) but also like it's interesting like you were talking like saying about how like you don't like those moments in in a show where you don't like the bit because it's not quite ready and it's not quite you haven't quite got it yet because the kind of external I guess character that you present on stage is is quite it's all about the sort of chaos and making it up as you go along and you feel like as an audience member you sort of feel like you're very in the moment with you and it's sort of so it's quite interesting that you're like oh you know which bits aren't working and that kind of frustrates you yeah I'm talking a bit shorthand there when I just say oh I hate not knowing what's going to happen obviously it's also like the kind of brilliant moments are when something kind of happens out of nothing and something you didn't think you were going to expect and I definitely don't I don't plan especially the acts like I don't have a script I don't plan mm. them really really um, specifically but I have to at least know sort of like the aim of like why I'm there or some core bits of material or games or um, even a song that I'm going to sing and just once or twice I, because, because in a way because um, it's quite improvisational I've pushed it too far a couple of times and I've turned up and and like really uh, made it up as I go along and also sometimes and because sometimes that can work Hmm. but I'm just when I say that it's like a couple of times when it's just it just doesn't it just doesn't turn itself into anything um so yeah I suppose I just know for me what like how much I need and it either needs to be like a really strong objective well having say one really clear bit of material that I'm going to do and then I'll like leave space for other stuff to happen around it um it's always good to know how you're going to wrap it up yeah <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know. or unwrap it in some of your Oh, yes. the hero act. Yes, very good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> for the fans, for the 25 fans, for the fans out there. Um, um, have you felt compelled in any way to make any work for online over the last eight months, whatever it's been? Mm. Um, I haven't yet, but no, I hadn't, but I've just started to plan some of that stuff. Um, and I've also just bought a camera and I, pay, I paid £9 more. So it was the white one, not a black one. It's quite pretty and I feel like it's going to inspire me to kickstart my you know, YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Um, you want to flirt with the camera. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to enjoy looking at it. Yeah. Um, so I've just bought a camera and yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just about to start thinking about digital stuff yeah and when I say digital stuff I really just mean like making a load of random shit little videos and putting them online because I just don't I'm not um a big social media person I don't I just I've just never 
yeah, I haven't gotten into it properly, but I reckon I probably could enjoy it if I give it some space. But I just don't usually have time. Mm. Yeah. It yeah. takes quite a lot of time and effort. Yeah, it to does. To do that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what I need to do is actually like plan it and go, oh, I'm going to yeah. spend some time making this. Yeah. Because the character of Lucy McCormick that's on stage feels very suited to social media in terms of like mm. uh, yeah. kind of narcissism and ego and all those um, things. <laughs> it is a character. Very rude. I mean, that's your reading. <laughs> um, yes, I know, I know, but you know, social media is just annoying. So, like, sometimes you're just really into it, and then sometimes you're not. Yeah. And um, because then we, when we went into lockdown, there was a bit almost like too much pressure to just yeah. do that, and I you know quite contrary so I just <laughs> thought well, I'll do the opposite I'll be a writer it's a funny thing because like, I feel like B&M sort of similarly have a kind of they're narcissistic like I feel like B&M as characters suit making being online and making videos but I am quite private and I can't be asked to do it and I, so it's that, that like, kind of that Basically, thing of like yeah, you've got same. this you've made this thing which actually would sort of lend itself quite well to social media but you have but you're mm. also a real person you have to actually make it happen yeah, yeah. sort of wishes just there was like a massive marketing team behind us that just took it all on and just yeah. did it yeah I feel like that I feel like we've had a similar sort of at the beginning of the first lockdown like we'd felt a pressure but we didn't want to put much out online we didn't have anything and it was all like we're in it I don't know what I want to say about it mm. but now I feel like I've been able to like yeah. process it a bit more now like oh maybe I do want to do some digital stuff yeah like, same I'm going to have a think about it, but it's like when we perform live, you can leave lots of questions in the air and it's like on one hand it might lend itself, but then on another point of the show you might think, oh no, this doesn't lend itself at all because I feel like, you know, also like the stuff, the persona and the atmosphere of the show is changing all the time and I'm not, I need to find out how to do that online or what my relationship is to that online. Like it's not, it's not just something that like, it doesn't just transfer like really super easily and instantly so mm. it's just kind of finding what it is for me probably yeah um but yeah i definitely i feel like i'm just starting to think about that now like nine months down the line yeah. um but it's like what you were saying about the like when you're doing the small acts like going to like you really think about the room and the space and the venue and the people mm. who's going to be there it's that same working out that answering those same questions a bit, yeah. isn't it? and i feel similar that it takes it's taken me a long time to even sort of stop work because it's not just like oh you do something funny on stage you can put a camera in front of you and do the same thing of mm -hmm. course that's not how it mm. works <laughs> but like yeah even though it's lockdown i've got some work with musicians booked in like studio work um it's quite exciting like we're working with these like i'm making the songs acoustic where in the in the show it's backing tracks um, so I'm doing that next week oh, cool. and I'm planning on maybe, um, you know, recording some and putting them up because it's so annoying with this show. Like I spent so long making it and nobody knows that I've even really done it. Like, it, it, um, you know, in my, in my head and in my experience, I've got like three full scale shows now, but I think general public <laughs> they all think I've got two so it's, it's, 
<laughs> so it's just really annoying. So and like nobody's heard the songs and yeah, yeah. So that's quite a good place to start in terms of online stuff. Mm. Like to just get some of the songs up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and did the songs like is it was it a narrative like narrative? No, it wasn't. Um, I started off trying to be a bit narrative with it, but then in the end, I thought the concept already kind of holds itself. This pop gig, kind of feel like Lucy wishes she was doing some kind of stadium tour, but it's kind of on a B and Q budget, so all strung together, and it's trying to make lots of spectacle and big gig things happen, but on a shoestring budget, basically. Um, and 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 I thought I just didn't really need a narrative because that is its own narrative. Yeah. So the writing the songs are about just taking lots of different pop references and um, yeah, trying to create nine nine ten songs that would be would take the audience on a journey, kind of musically. But it's all quite poppy. But um, yeah, it's not ironic. I just tried to write pop songs. Um. <laughs> so yeah I'm a pop star now basically but nobody knows <laughs> that's the annoying thing nobody knows I'm a pop star <laughs> do you think is there any talk of it coming sort yes, of up yes definitely I'm sure we will do it again but I think you know when we went into lockdown that people were going like trying to um, reschedule and go oh what about spring 21 and now that we've all realized how long this is going to take i feel like it's just the yeah. timeline is really lengthened in terms of when that might happen yeah <clears throat> and we probably can't talk about this and think so we could cut it out but the national stuff are you is there anything I think we that? can talk we about can that because that's been um announced oh has it as in yeah. the cast is announced oh okay yeah yes so the you... cast is me by the way <laughs> <laughs> so you were going to do you were lined up to be in the national. Was it going to open like now, in Wuthering Heights? No, House? it would have opened in September. Oh, wow! So I would have been quite far into it by now. But that was announced, so at least you got to say that it wasn't. Yes, that was announced. Thank that God. Was, and that, that was, was announced. Wuthering Heights, right? Yes, Wuthering Heights, in which I'm playing Catherine, um, and it was announced. I think in like February, so I just got it in there. Oh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's and so that's sort of just gonna happen at some point hopefully fingers crossed i guess nobody really knows but yeah yeah that is you know postponed rather than cancelled which at least is something um and apparently is all still going ahead so i guess we'll just have to wait and see in a way that you know it was really like shit that that got postponed obviously but it's kind of something to look forward to isn't it yeah. Yeah. Just look at it that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's full of optimism this today. <laughs> Get you around more rough, you see. Yeah, well, you know, it's just terrible when you don't have anything in your diary. Yes. Yes. And not that it's like in my diary, but it's sort of around my diary. <laughs> it's floating somewhere <laughs> yeah. above your diary. It's waiting to be placed Dying in the adjacent. diary. <laughs> so it's nice to have a floater. That's yes. all I'm saying. <laughs> all I'm saying is sometimes it's nice to have a floater. <laughs> Um, and you have also been making some TV work, which you can't say much about. Yeah. Can, can we even say that? Yeah, we can We can definitely say that. But the main reason why we can't say what it's about is because it's hard to write what it's about. Right. I'm just saying writing is hard. Writing is hard, yeah. It's really hard. <laughs> um, 
yeah, that's like the main thing that I did new in in lockdown was was the uh, uh, TV TV writing projects. Um, and so yeah, that's quite interesting to transfer your skills over in that way, but it's not easy. Do you enjoy it? Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I enjoy it. Again, I like I like spitballing ideas. You know, <laughs> I'm not very good with ideas and concepts. But once you actually have to write down and sort of like oh, God. actually like write the thing yeah. or like kind yeah. of like do scenes and stuff. Oh yeah. no, don't like that. No. Yeah. yeah, I'm exactly the same. I've got some great headlines. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I could fill a page with yeah. ideas in a minute. And then <laughs> like, someone's like, can you nail... And what do you mean by yeah. that? <laughs> I have no idea if it sounded good. And one of the best things about that whole world is like having zhuzhi coffees and lunches with people. And obviously now that on for the whole has been like taken away. Yeah. yeah. So what's the point if I'm just going to chat to you on Zoom every now and again? Yeah, with a fucking like coffee that I made in my kitchen that doesn't Ugh. even taste very nice. Like... <laughs> I so, want an espresso martini in a big leather banquette. Thank you. And I want to wave over at fucking Gwyneth Paltrow, who's <laughs> over there talking to Renee Zellweger. Thank you. That's what that's I believe. That's what we had that's before. Fu- that's what I had. <laughs> I want an exactly. ITV drama starring Renee Zellweger. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Do you find it, because um, we've been sort of working on some sort of writing ETV type things as well. And it's, I guess because we've got each other, it's a bit different, but... It, it just feels like I like being in a room and f- chatting ideas through with people and mm. the kind of chaos of mm. live liveness still come, coming around. Do you find it like just sitting with a laptop? I think that's what I find a little difficult, just sitting with a laptop to write a show yeah. or a TV or anything. Mm. It feels a very different process. I mean, it's really nice to, to get lost in your thoughts. And because I'm trying to be a writer now, I've been sort of reading about like oh, how how can I be a writer and something that people seem to say more experienced writers is that um, new writers find it very difficult to um, well n- kind of have the to give themselves the space and the time to kind of not do anything without like panicking right. and going oh god all my ideas are shit or whatever mm. and also um the, the thing where you like you're constantly editing yourself and you're writing but at the same time you're going well this is shit this is shit and it's those things these people were saying online or whatever I googled it um, <laughs> those are the things which more experienced writers are good at kind of just sort of not letting that get in the way too much so I suppose it is quite nice if you can find if you're able to have like actual like a bit of quiet and a bit of space to get lost in your thoughts like obviously that is that is great um but I definitely think it's like a lonely process and it's you've got a yeah just deal a lot with your inner monologue always saying that you're writing shit um um are you allowed to talk about your recent performance on telly on the telly box which won't be on tv by the time this podcast comes out but no, I'm not allowed to talk about that. No. Can I ask you any questions about it? Yeah, you can ask them and then you can take them out if... Um... You can say no comment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll come on line of duty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Lucy, um, you recently, on Friday, I believe, filmed a TV comedy episode. episode. No comment. <laughs> you, um, probably a driver collected you. 
Yes, they did. Ah, you see. So that lets us know that it's something a little bit big budget. <laughs> so he snuck that one out of you. That's because we are brilliant investigative journalists. I mean, could be shitty old ITV, couldn't it? Most people get a driver on any shitty old TV. Really? Yeah. Oh, on the, I've, I've been on one TV comedy show did and I got, get, a, I got a driver. Yeah, you got, got a driver. driver. But but people? I got my got my whole scene cut. So no, I'm not TV. <laughs> I know. <laughs> whole day oh, filming. Whole day wow. filming. Channel Four. <laughs> yeah, it was really sad. Had you told like your I told everyone. It's like yeah, I'm gonna be on TV. Oh my god, it's happening. But you got an email from the producer. So sorry, George, but the whole scene got cut. <laughs> oh no. So that was the end of my TV career. So I hope I hope <laughs> the best for you. That could happen to me. That could happen to me. <laughs> yeah. That's so sad. Well, I told everyone. Did I? I got um, one line in a Fast and Furious film. What did you? Oh, I didn't tell everyone. Um, <laughs> yes, but I don't tell everyone now because then when it came out, I think. <laughs> I think my line was done. <laughs> So I am in it's not my voice. Your line was dubbed. No, I didn't even cut it. With what, an American accent? Well, I was doing an American accent. I do a very good American accent. I was I was nominated for an Offie, an Off West End Award doing a play with an American accent, okay? But I did it and I was very good. And um then, I, then I'm I am also hardly in it. I look just like an extra, but they do get the line in there. But it's I swear it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> so that was disappointing. <laughs> Did you get to meet Vin Diesel? Is he in? No, but the line was delivered to the Rock. To the Rock. To that's the it. Rock. Wow. Yeah. In person. Uh, well, <laughs> it was ferried across to you. Well, funnily enough, was he not there? No, he was there because they had to do a whole scene, and then I would go up at the end and deliver the line. But then when it got to the end, and they had to do like my close-ups, none of which they used, um, they just told him he could leave. <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing the line to no one. Um, and then they took the line and I watched the film you know I didn't bother to watch it because I didn't really want to see it I wanted to see it but I did think oh it would be good to know if I'm actually in it or not so I watched it on a plane one time I was like oh there I am <laughs> um, someone else's voice somebody else's voice <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I haven't been in anything, neither cut nor dubbed, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> Probably best just not to be in something so you don't get, you know. Yeah. Cut. Yeah. Because it just, just, isn't it? It's just a very sad cruel yeah. world. Is it better to be in and cut or not to be cut at all? That is the question. Tweet us, Instagram us. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts, dear listeners at home. <laughs> what else? Oh. I made a little list. Oh, did you? Great. <laughs> should just say to the people listening at home Lucy's actually got a list on her phone now to tell us what she's been doing because yes. there's presumably quite a lot yeah no I am quite busy but I mean I'm writing I'm writing some TV I'm writing a play oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, how's that going well it hasn't really gone for a while because I just had a break from it 
Um, but that's a play that Soho Theatre commissioned me to write. And then I was like, yes, I would like to do that if um, I can be in it. And they were like, yeah, okay. And then I was like, and I want to play pretty much all the roles. Is that okay? <laughs> so, um, they've gone along with it anyway. Great. I, um, writing a play. Um, <clears throat> been doing some, I do like me some mentoring and teaching at, um, like drama schools and stuff and that's been very weird um yeah so i just did one where i had like half the class on zoom and half the class in the room that was quite difficult and this week i've actually got my first <coughs> workshop on zoom which is supposed to be like practical but it's on zoom so um, oh, interesting. to be honest i need to sit down tomorrow and <laughs> think about that <laughs> how the hell i'm gonna do that how are the students like because learning to be like to perform at the moment when there's like not really an avenue ahead mm. <laughs> that anyone could see like i guess for us having done it mm. professionally mm. for a while is one thing but if you're like just starting your professional career as well how do the, what are the students are they positive about things uh, yeah, I think I think they are just getting on with it, but God, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. That is a really difficult uh, situation to be in, and they're just having to. I mean, they're having to really like think outside the box and um, come up with really creative solutions to all this stuff. But you know, they're probably not there to make digital performance. Really, they're probably there to make live performance on the stuff that I work on. I mean, I don't know. They're yeah, they're they're just. They're just getting on with it. Do yeah. you think you might, we might like see like quite interesting digital content from this sort of like group of people studying? Yeah, I think definitely. Yeah. Have you watched any like live streamed performance? I haven't watched very much. No, I've watched a little bit. In lockdown part one, there was a few like online parties. Oh yeah. <laughs> like DJs and sort of nights, like nights that you would have gone to anyway, and they. Just tried to do them online i found that all very funny so i saw some performances as part of them they were sort of less digital art made for like lockdown more like you just suddenly sort of go to somebody in their backyard just like doing some hula hooping or whatever they were doing <laughs> so that's yeah. quite weird but um have you i haven't, I haven't basically seen... i've i've watched Shit's creek the entire series twice that's really what i've done oh, really? so that's sort of been my productive gone around and watched it again i just started it again um and i realized it's because tim and i were discussing this the other day i think it's because there's really no jeopardy in Shit's creek mm. like it's just quite nice yeah like <laughs> sort of from beginning to end and oh, i keep watching right. like i was even watching the queen's gambit the other day which is actually similarly fairly low in jeopardy mm. but there was like a scene where she was like in school and the girls were bullying her and i was like oh god i can't watch it <laughs> I think yeah, I just need Chips Creek again. Like, I just can't take anything where anyone is in any danger or anything's happening Aww. to anyone. So I would like it if maybe the next sort of 10, 20 years of TV and film is sort of drama without the drama. Yeah. It's just sort of nice things happening from beginning <laughs> to end to people. That's because the world is so scary. I think similarly in theatre and stuff, anything that is going on, on the whole people are like, People don't want anything serious. They don't want to think about all this like darkness. They just want to be entertained. So I wonder if actually when stuff comes back, it'll be like quite just 
fun yeah. and entertaining. Yeah. I think it would, and I, I, I don't know if you've heard, I think I've spoken about this quite a lot recently, but Kylie had her album out last week and <laughs> yeah. it's disco. And I really feel like she read the room because it is she just full fun times. And honestly, when I listen to it, I'm not even like a massive Kylie fan, but I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I need at the moment. And when we've yeah. been performing our songs recently, I feel like this isn't cathartic for me now. This no. is just horrible. I hate these words coming out of my well, mouth. It's too sort of on the nose now. It's too like real. Yeah. Because like all that end of the world stuff, it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to basically become like Sooty and Sweep. Yeah. So. After this, we're yeah. going to just be like totally like mute. cute, cute and mute. <laughs> <laughs> That's our vibe. <laughs> we just need a Matthew to translate everything for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to be the Matthew? Matthew to our city and sweep? Um, can I think about it? Yes, of course. Yeah. You could be Sue if you want the panda. I don't remember it well enough. Right, yeah. But there's also little cousin Scampy. Oh, I like the sound of little cousin Scampy. Yes, yeah. I think you'd make a good little cousin Scampy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, probably what a, a tougher role than Cathy in uh, Wuthering Heights. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of animal is little cousin Scampy? Um, I think cousin Scampy is also a teddy bear. I can't remember. Hang on. the orange bear. Sooty the orange bear. And sweeps the dog that yeah. squeaks. Yeah, and, and Sue, Sue is the panda. Who talks very eloquently, yes. articulately. Yes, yes. I'll be little cousin Scampy. Great. Um, <laughs> finally, um, oh, no. is this the last question? Well, I don't know. Finally, finally. finally this better be good. Up. No, I don't know if this is the right. <laughs> but um, something that we have asked other people, and it would be interesting to get your thought on, is: Do you have have you missed performing over the last however many months? Mm. And do you know why do you perform? <laughs> do you know? Do you know? Um, I have missed performing and actually it's been a bit to, to actually have to sort of stare in the face the, the real reasons why you do it or what it gives you it's like I think I have been doing it for a while now so that that I don't have to think about that actively because um, I've been quite busy for quite a few years so to have like a and also, you know, it's like, I feel like I'm quite um, blasé and make comedy out of um, my narcissism in the shows and like, like, like being center of attention or, or doing, you know, doing these, these shows and kind of everyone applaud me and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's the joke, right? That's the joke of the character. But to act, but to like, like really, really be like, no, you can't have that. And, and to think about how much of that is real and how much of that is needed um uh was a it was a bit intense and it was it was sort of a real thing of like not not having that as an outlet um has been quite hard um and what was the other question what why, why do you do i suppose that's kind of part of the yeah like that's the thing isn't it like not being able to do it like you say it kind of you're kind of confronted by the fact that you did do it yeah and what was mm. it that was compelling you to get on a stage and be in yeah. front of an audience yeah um i mean i don't know i don't i don't know why i do it but no. it's, it's like it's i just yeah i think that was my main feeling was all the stuff that i was joking about and i knew it wasn't just a joke but it's like because you're also doing it you just focus on the fact that you're taking the piss 
but to to really like yeah I suppose to even have to question why in a really sincere way for myself was really annoying that and, and like and and a bit sort of like god this is a bit deep like I'm actually like I'm not feeling good I'm not feeling confident I'm not feeling like um I have space to to say what I want to say so mm. doing nothing just sat at home and um and sort of being a bit like well, who well, who am I then <laughs> yeah yeah um especially maybe with something like what we in particular do because it it's like when you deal in persona um that really is a sort of outlet because it's not how you are in real life mm. so then just have that taken away from you is um yeah you just don't, it's hard to know where to find that yeah i think it's like a little bit controversial to talk about making performance or art like for yourself as as as, as an artist because it doesn't sound generous enough mm. but i think like obviously it does have to be for yourself and there can be a cathartic experience i would say as long as you also that is a generous act and you know how to open that up and that it feels like universal and it kind of feels like it's for everyone in the room and then they kind of have their own version of, of that or something but um i think it, for me it's like and maybe when you deal in comedy as well you kind of you just don't deal with the serious side of that or the kind of um well, it just also sounds a bit grand or a bit too deep to talk really like psychologically about why you do it but it's at, it, I mean it's of course it's there and it's actually quite serious but um it's made me think quite a lot about persona because I get very confused about I mean it doesn't bother me really but like how much of it is me or how much isn't it's like depending on who's talking to me about it when people say like Oh, like call it a character I'd be like oh and you're really different I'm like well no ultimately like that is just me like in pretty much every act that I do I'll probably start off quite heightened and even like visually look a bit heightened and by the end I've really just like torn off the hair extensions and I'm pretty much just talking as myself to people so it's like playing around with these different layers but then but then also I'm quite I'm very free to just go like oh it's a persona it's not me at all um because like who would want to be her kind of thing so yeah it's made me it's made me think about that so that's probably good but. yeah because it's I think as well the thing about Persona and the sort of characters we play is that they well I, I feel like with Bourgeois it, it, we never sat down and wrote a backstory and a biography yeah. particularly it came out of a very out of aspect of my personality yeah. and so it is a Persona and it does sort of belong to an audience in the sense that like that is mainly where it exists but mm. but it is a part of me and it's like a part of me that kind of plays much more with it, that kind of it feels much more free to explore gender and confidence and all those things like you were saying that, mm. that yeah it's sort of it has an actual real world implication when you can't yeah exercise it that muscle yeah 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 um, I remember like <clears throat> remember like before we like really did portion Reese a lot like we would go we'd be out a lot in the clubs and like and I used to love dressing up and going like 
being in the club and having a bit of a look and all that kind of stuff. And then as I did Bourgeois with Maurice more and more and more, mm. I was less less bothered about that. Yeah. Mm. Less bothered yeah. about going yeah. out and doing that. Yeah. And so, because I sort of had that part of me fulfilled, I guess, yeah. Yeah. In, a, in another way. But now I haven't got that again. I'm like, yeah. oh, I just want to get yeah. an yeah. amazing look and go to a fucking yeah. club. I want to walk down the street wearing something that makes everyone stare at me, yeah. which I don't ever want to do usually <laughs> because yeah. I get it no. on stage. Yeah. yeah. They sort yeah. of feed in, yeah, they definitely, like, the relationship between the, yeah, the persona, more than character, like, the sort of, like, it's part of me, anyway. Mm. Mm. Rather than, oh, I've written this completely new character and I'm playing a, playing them. Yeah. yeah. They definitely, Maurice is me, mm. just not me that I normally show. Mm. So I think it's probably a good point to end it on me. Yeah, that feels I think like that's, that's yeah. a natural that's evolution yeah. to your interview. Lizzie. <laughs> if sort of maybe sort of focus on me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Lizzie, did you have any more questions for Liv? <laughs> Sorry, Liv, we didn't get to do a lot about. So I was you. just cut. was just a few more thoughts about myself. I'm yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, we might do this this episode in two parts. <laughs> There'll be the Lucy and intro, and then it will be my section. <laughs> Your section for a couple of hours. Um, well, maybe I could interview you one day. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Yeah. And then we'll do a drunk because that's how I'm going to do my yeah. interviews. <laughs> yeah. Radio two. Ten years time. Yeah. See you there. Great. <laughs> cool. Thanks for coming. Yeah, Thanks for coming. Yeah. To our radio show. That was the inimitable Lucy McCormick. Next time we'll be getting up close and personal with writer, director, activist, radio presenter and our original MySpace friend, Scotty. We are seeing a power shift from buildings who held the money, the power, the, the ability to be able to platform us or not platform us, to be associated with us or not to, who held these and built these castles for themselves. We are now seeing this that power being turned to us. We have the ability and the power Audiences are looking towards us. They're not going to the, the website of those spaces and being like, what have you got on? And I think that is, that is going to be a really interesting, exciting thing to think about what, how this pans out moving forward. That's Scotty coming up next time on Curtain Twitches. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and you can get in touch on our socials if there's something really urgent that you need to tell us. It's just nice to know that you're out there. We're Borg Maurice on Twitter and Instagram. See you next time. Bye. Cut and twitches. We're cut and twitches.